listening to episode 36, chapter 3 of the Daily Growth Discipleship Podcast. I'm Chris Lamberth. And I'm Josh Havens. And we're on a journey to learn what it means to live a lifestyle of discipleship. We're glad you're joining us and hope that as you set aside this time for God, that He would help you grow today in the everyday moments of life. Today, we're continuing our conversation with Trillia Newbell, author of Sacred Endurance. Trillia Newbell is the author of several books, and her writings on the issues of faith, family, and diversity have been published in the Knoxville News Sentinel, Desiring God, True Woman, Christianity Today, and the Gospel Coalition. She's also a commentator for World Radio and has spoken at numerous conferences, churches, women's retreats, colleges, and seminaries. She's currently the Director of Community Outreach for the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission for the Southern Baptist Convention. Hebrews 12.1 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. When you practice a lifestyle of discipleship, at some point you will fail. In chapter 1 of this conversation, Trillia told a story about running a 400-meter relay and almost losing complete control of her legs. In those moments, When enduring becomes seemingly impossible, the habits, routines, and community around you will help you get through the race. The habits you build now define your response when struggles come, either good or bad. And the people you surround yourself with will be the ones who either support you or abandon you. In this chapter, Trillia unpacks a few of the habits and routines she's practiced in learning to endure, as well as the value of being part of a healthy community of believers. What have you found helpful as far as uh, habits and routines that help you train for this race that we're in? Yeah, so I I want to encourage the person before I share about this mm-hmm. that Bible reading, daily Bible reading and prayer or any exercise and discipline for in your in the race is not legalism unless you are doing it to earn God's favor. I think sometimes people struggle with committing to um, exercising or, or uh, their faith in in certain ways, doing spiritual disciplines, because they fear, oh, I don't want to be legalistic, or or maybe they use that as an excuse. Who knows? But it's not legalistic unless. It is, unless you are doing it to earn God's favor. So some of the things that I do daily is Bible reading. And I I believe that in order to endure, in order to continue to run, I need to learn about G- Jesus, learn about God, who God is. And we learn that through reading his word. And so that's one aspect that I in- I, I do is um, getting in God's word. I get in God's word daily. I, sometimes I'll miss a day, but I, that's my, that's my general um, habit is to read God's word. And I typically read in the morning. Um, it's just a, a good habit for me because the moment I start my day, it's going to be harder to get, get to get in mm-hmm. and to sit and meditate and breathe in the word. I will be, I might read the word because of the, what I do in my work, my ministry, but to actually just sit and let it wash over me, um, and learn from about God. It, it, it may 
be more difficult um, if I go and wait, or I may not do it at all. Okay. And then I, I um, pray. Now, I wish I could say that I have been in the habit of, of um, long and thoughtful prayers. You don't have to pray long, but, you know, thoughtful prayers where, mm-hmm. where I, I go through a list. I have had seasons of that. And so I would, I would love to be more faithful in that type of prayer. I'm a little bit more of the pray without ceasing. I'll pray over my scripture reading. I'll pray, um, throughout the day about certain things I'm thinking of. Um, and so that is my general habit, but I would love to sit down and have a prayer list that again, I've, which I've done before. And, um, and something I'm starting to do more of is be silent, which a lot of people, especially in, I'm not really sure the theological camp that some of your listeners would find themselves in, but I would say in my reform dish or those who it's, it's silence and the idea of meditating isn't something we talk about a ton. Um, in general, I don't mm-hmm. think that that is something that's practiced a lot, but that's something that I am learning to enjoy is to be silent and, and to pray and, and to rest and, and to allow quiet because we're inundated with noise. Even yeah. at, even on this podcast, I've gotten text and an email and, <laughs> and, and I have to shut it out in order to concentrate <laughs> mm-hmm. because I'm inundated. We're just inundated with noise. And so, and, um, and good things, but just there's distractions that abound. So, so those are three. Another thing that I am terrible at, but I have done and want to just exercise better is fasting. Mm-hmm. Um, fasting is something that we see throughout the scriptures, the disciples do. Um, Jesus, of course, also incur- told, I, I believe it was the Pharisees who said, why, why aren't your disciples fasting? And he says something like, why, why, why would they need to fast when, when I'm here right now? They'll have time to fast. <laughs> so <laughs> I believe that's in Luke, but anyways, but we have time now. And, and so I want to exercise fasting. Um, and something else that I do practice, but maybe not in the traditional or, um, some of the ways that you might see other denominations practice is Sabbath rest. So Mm. shutting things down, resting, it looks really different. Um, because I'm a mom, (laughs) (laughs) Sabbath rest doesn't necessarily mean I'm not working. Um, it just might mean I'm, what I try to do is heart rest. Like ask, what am I anxious about? Ask myself, making sure I'm casting it onto Jesus and spending extended time away from work. So any kind of work that would take me away from maybe my children or my husband or, and so I'm, I'm shutting things down and extended time of rest in that way. But it looks, it looks different in everyone's home and, um, and just what people, different people are privileged to be able to do. Yeah. One of the things that I found really helpful about, uh, 
understanding the the purpose and really the the power of spiritual disciplines uh, is the the distinction between being and doing. Uh, you mentioned silence and solitude, and really that's been one that's been really helpful for me. I'm so I'm typically so focused on doing, doing, doing. Even if my motivations are right, I can be focused on doing. Uh, but if you talk about silence and solitude, which is where you're literally doing absolutely nothing, <laughs> it takes away the doing aspect. You can't, there's nothing to do at this moment, and really you can just sit there in silence and be with your creator, be with the one who's changing you and transforming you. And so I think if we, if we begin to look at the spiritual disciplines in that way, and not so much about look at, looking at them as uh, not so much something that we do, but something that really creates the opportunity, creates the space for God to transform us, uh, at least for me anyway, that's helped shape my motivations in actually participating in spiritual disciplines. No, that's really good. I think I'm going to steal it actually. So <laughs> I'm just kidding, but <laughs> steal away. Steal away. <laughs> I'm <totally> teasing. But <laughs> being versus doing is a really helpful way to, to think through the Christian life. I am a Christian. And so as a Christian, I get to do these various things, but it is my identity. It is who I am. Being in Christ is who I am. And so, um, and that should help motivate my doing, my reading God's word. Um, because I am a Christian, I get to learn about God. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. um, which isn't exactly what you said, but it is, it is yeah, a helpful yeah. way to think through, um, how to apply our doing, which I don't think I've ever actually thought of that because I am, I do. So hmm. anyways. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love different ways of expressing, um, you know, all of these sorts of thoughts. In fact, uh, it was uh, Dallas Willard at the beginning of The Divine Conspiracy who said, right, if he was going to write something new, he wouldn't write it. It's only, it's <laughs> yeah. only, he was only writing because he had something old to say in a new, you know, in his personal way. And it's, and I think it's that, that expression that really helps, uh, so many of us. And you that's know. really good too. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. <laughs> well, you yeah, you have those moments though, where it's like, Oh, I've heard that a thousand times, but then somebody comes along and will say it in the right way. And it, and it hits. So, you know, you're joking about stealing, but I, you know, I think in the Christian life, at least, and, and what we're doing here, because it's not a zero sum game. We're all just helping each other and, and the and rising tides raises all ships. And so that's what we're doing in this, I think this community, the, the church at large. And, and so, yeah, let's, let's absolutely learn from each other in all these ways that we can. And that's why we talk to so many different people on the podcast right now. I mean, we're trying to get all the different perspectives so that I don't know, this sounds kind of weird, but it's like we're shooting 100 arrows hoping that one of them is going to hit somebody. Yeah. And I mean, we, we talk to people and they do. They, even out of the most uh, mundane points I think I've, I've mm -hmm. had in the podcast so far, uh, somebody will say, you know what, that right there set it, in just, uh, set it in a way that I've been working so hard to understand and that made it click. Um, and I hadn't thought anything of it. Yeah, so uh, this is actually a point that I should have made in regards to some of the practices that this isn't a spiritual discipline, but maybe it should be called a spiritual discipline. But what you all are talking about 
is essential for enduring, and that's community. Mm, yeah. We need each other. And I think when we neglect the church, when we neglect meeting together, when we neglect being together, it it is so difficult to finish and run this race well. I think we can because God promises to finish that good work, but I don't know if we will do it well. And actually, it, it's very difficult to obey much of the scriptures in isolation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everything from encouraging one another to building one another up to serving one another, loving one another. I mean, you can't do that alone. <laughs> so community is essential. Also, think about, I mean, just as we've been talking, we are we are in different places. You all are together, but we're in different locations. But isn't yeah. it beautiful that we're brothers and sisters in Christ? Yeah. And that we can relate to one another and we can build each other up. And that this God has created this church, the big C church, the universal church, but he's given us ways to walk it out in local communities. And, and we, we throw this scripture around, but there is a body with many parts and the pinky is so needed. If you've ever broken a pinky toe, you, you can't Mm. walk. You don't think it is that important (laughs) until you break it. And then you realize Okay, I needed that for balance. (laughs) I needed that toe. And so I I just think it's so vital that even in, and this is one of the things, some reasons why people struggle to endure is because of the hardness of the church as well. But yet it is so essential for us to press into a community in order to finish. We need each other. And even if, if you look, even if people have, have been um, hurt by a certain church, they will try to find a community, whether it's online or somewhere else, because we cannot and we don't operate best in isolation. Mm-hmm. So we need the church. Yep, absolutely. And, and I don't think that point could be overstated that, and Josh and I have found this to be true in our own relationship as we've grown uh you know, together in our thinking and as disciples. And it's really, it's, it's really that what you're saying, it's spurring one another on. And, you know, like if I'm down, you know, it, it just seems to be that God orchestrates our, our, our sort of personal lives that one of us happens to be down while the other yeah. is up. Or, so, you know, it, it, it gives a good balancing act there. And so I, I think you're right. We need good coaches on the sidelines to, to cheer us on, to, to guide us when we're feeling down. And we need fellow runners in the race with us as well. That's, you know, said no. You could do this. Come on, catch up. Let's let's go. Or or maybe to lag back with you if if you do if you have to have a, a broken toe that that are willing to sit and walk with you. I think we're taking the metaphor too far, perhaps. But uh, <laughs> anyway, that's crazy. I like stuff. it. I like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In Romans eight, the apostle Paul says, "For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us." Paul lived his life with his eyes fixed on the goal that is the glory of Christ Jesus. Everything in his life was organized around this pursuit of Christ, and this is what gave him the strength to run the good race and face all the trials and hardships he had to endure. Paul wasn't superhuman, and he didn't have access to something special that we don't have. We are able to follow in his example and condition ourselves so we might also endure. 
But it starts with organizing our lives around a pursuit of Christ, practicing the basics of prayer and Bible reading, silence and solitude, walking with others who can encourage us and spur us on as we endure hardships. Living a lifestyle of discipleship isn't about measuring up to a legalistic standard or copying a formulaic set of instructions. It's about creating a life organized around Jesus. So I want to challenge you to take stock of your day. Are you training for endurance? Are you pursuing Christ? Are you living a lifestyle of discipleship? How can you create a lifestyle of discipleship? Most Christians think discipleship is a program or a few practices thrown in at the beginning or end of the day. But we want to help you create a lifestyle where walking with Jesus throughout the day is not only possible, but natural. And we have a tool that's going to help you do just that. It's called the Daily Growth Journal. It's a guided journal that's going to help you become secure in your identity with God and authentically walk with Him in your daily life. Growing daily in your walk with Christ is possible if you cultivate a lifestyle of discipleship. And the Daily Growth Journal will help you do just that. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Daily Growth Discipleship Podcast. To find out more about Trillia's work, check out trillianewbell.com. Then check out the next chapter in our conversation, where we get to ask Trillia some of our favorite questions. If you want to stay up to date on everything happening at Daily Growth Discipleship, go to dailygrowthdiscipleship.com and subscribe for free. You can also subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Spotify.